Hello, my name is Brian Delaney, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Road Safety at Rush Hour, a podcast dedicated to discussing the latest topics in roadway safety and innovation. This podcast is presented by the Roadway Safety Foundation, a national nonprofit organization dedicated to reducing the frequency and severity of motor vehicle crashes, injuries, and fatalities through improvements to roadway systems and their environment. And I am so excited to have Lisa Robinson, a senior program manager for the National Safety Council's Employer Traffic Safety Programs. Lisa, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for inviting me. Excited to have you on the podcast. And to have the National Safety Council sort of the leader when it comes to the Road to Safety Initiative, I'm excited to, to have some interesting conversations about what's going on in the United States regarding Road to Zero and what's going on when it comes to distracted driving. So to give a little background to our listeners about Lisa, at the National Safety Council, Lisa, you work on influencing change in behavior and policies to reduce motor vehicle crashes, to prevent injuries and fatalities on our roadways. So with 25 years of community programs and adult education experience. I'm looking forward to discussing these two topics, distracted driving and the Road to Zero Coalition and the Road to Zero work in the United States with you today. So I want to start first talking about distracted driving. So according to the CDC, each day in the United States, approximately nine people are killed and more than 1,000 injured in crashes that are reported to involve a distracted driver. And according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, distracted driving claimed 3,166 lives in 2017 alone. And it goes without saying that distracted driving continues to be a massive issue throughout the United States. What do the statistics say about distraction? Well, if you really look from 2011 to now, you will actually see that we have, you know, we did go up, but we have gone down. And so just in the last year, we've seen a 12% reduction, which is really good. Um, it also tells us that a lot of our initiatives our coalitions, whether we talk at you know the community, the state, or the national level, that the conversations we're having around distracted driving and the work that we're doing is making a difference. You know, we really focus so much on cell phones. We we focus so much on the cell phone aspect of it, and I think over time we completely understood that distraction is the brain, and so that it's anything that we're doing that is actively engaging our brain besides driving, because we can't multitask. And so what we really learned is. All of these other actions behind the wheel are distractions as well, and they're contributing factors. And so the fact is, anything that we do that behind the wheel where we're not actively engaged is a distraction. And so I think that's helped us to do a better job when it comes to educating people on um, distracted driving and, dr and driving behaviors. Exactly. And I want to talk about engineering a little bit, how that factors into this conversation. Obviously, the Roadway Safety Foundation is focused on the built environment when it comes to roadway safety, the infrastructure and engineering that goes into our roadways. And there are engineering and infrastructure-based programs and changes that can be made that reduce distracted driving. So I wanted to ask, how can behavior change, which obviously is a lot of the work that you do and focus on, how can behavior change and engineering work together to reduce distraction? Well, you know, they actually go hand in hand. That's an excellent question. And I think some people kind of want to focus on one or the other. And quite frankly, there's actually three E's. When we talk about education, engineering, and enforcement, 
all three play a very key and integral part in making a difference in our crashes, whether we talk fatalities or we talk injuries. You know, you need all three of them really working together to make a difference. Because quite frankly, we can do all the engineering in the world, but if we don't have drivers actively engaged in driving and we don't have our enforcement that's enforcing our really good laws or we don't have good laws in the books, then we're not gonna totally be able to make a difference. So they're all three key. And you're absolutely right. Driver behavior is such an important component that we need the education so that way, even from little on, we have better behaviors. And you're right, engineering is a key component. Absolutely. And now, do you think this collaboration, particularly with behavior change and engineering, so do you think this collaboration is actually happening right now in our, in the country? And have we seen positive results? In the last year, I want to say, I know personally and through my work, I have continued to see more and more and more collaborations, whether we talk, and I made a comment a minute ago about community, you know, your state and your national level. We are seeing very strong commitments. But I'm also starting to see cities that are adopting, you know, some sort of vision zero um, statements and they're all coming out and they're and they're all committed. And so what we're actually seeing is more people involved in this effort. More people are aware of it. More people are understanding that it's important that we do something about it. And so absolutely, I think we'll continue to see our numbers shift and our numbers change. The more people, A, understand it and B, get involved. And we all work toward the same goal of zero. So absolutely, I think that we're we're continuing to see that shift. And I, I'm thrilled that we continue to hear more and more people that are choosing to collaborate to make a difference. Why are distracted driving statistics right now still so high? And what do we need to do to change this? I always say you are your car's best safety feature. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, and AAA did a really great study where they talked about, you know, um, 87% of people think talking on a cell phone while driving is a serious safety threat, yet 49% have talked on a handheld phone while driving. So everyone perceives it's a problem, but a large portion of people still continue to do it. So what happens is people understand that there's risks and there's perceived risks, but they're choosing to take those risks. And so our goal should be to shift people to shift so that people understand that these risks are not worth taking that they need to understand that, you know, we don't cross our fingers and hope that today's not the day because there aren't any do-overs, right? So what we have to do is really work hard so that people truly understand that every life matters and that they are responsible for driving, you know, and being actively, actively driving responsibly. You know, we need each person to understand that they have a role and that they need to take it seriously. And that, you know, and driving is a privilege. Exactly, that's exactly right. And we see you know, a disproportionate amount of teen fatalities, obviously, throughout our country when it comes to traffic fatalities in general, distraction being a, a huge component of that with teens being involved on their cell phones. But uh, it's, it's good to see the collaboration that exists throughout the United States when it comes to the three E's and how we can work together to create infrastructure change and educational awareness and behavior change that ultimately leads towards reduced fatalities in the future.
now I'd like to transition to talk about the Road to Zero movement in the United States. Road to Zero is a movement dedicated to reaching zero transportation fatalities. The Road to Zero Coalition, managed by the National Safety Council, is a coalition of organizations, companies, advocates, and individuals dedicated toward reaching this goal of zero. Now, Road to Zero supports initiatives that can help move towards zero deaths, and one of which, with regards to the grant program, was the Roadway Safety Foundation's U.S. RAP program. RSF's U.S. RAP program is basically an innovative tool, innovative and proactive tool for analyzing the safety of the roadway and generating data-driven solutions for correcting hazards. Now, Road to Zero recently released a comprehensive report laying out the strategies to end roadway deaths in the United States by 2050. Now, let me first start off by saying I absolutely believe the only acceptable number of fatalities on our roadways is zero. However, with an ambitious goal of going from nearly 40,000 fatalities to zero in 30 years, there is skepticism among a lot of individuals throughout the United States. So I want to ask, what do you say to the skeptics who think this goal of zero is unrealistic? You know, anything we want to attain, we can attain. And I, I'm in complete agreement with you that zero is attainable and it's the only acceptable number because one fatality is too many. But what I'll say is, think about it like this. If you wanted to, to, to lose weight, right, you would go on a diet, you might buy um, exercise equipment, you might join a gym, right? You have a goal and you're going to achieve your goal. You have chosen to be invested and you have chosen to do the right thing. There is no difference between the two. You have to choose that it's important. You have to choose to be invested and you have to choose to be a part of the solution and not be a part of the problem. Right. Exactly. So, same concept. We can absolutely reach zero. And each person who says we can't, then maybe they need to help us join the solution part. Right. Yes. And, and the National Safety Council, the, the organization obviously you're representing here, is leading the charge in the Road to Zero movement. And I wanted to ask, can you tell us why National Safety Council sort of put their brand behind what some may see as this ambitious goal and how, how that was achieved? How, how did National Safety Council come to determine that this was an initiative that needed to be led? Well, you know, the National Safety Council's goal is to eliminate preventable deaths and fatalities, right? You know, or injuries, excuse me, eliminate preventable injuries and fatalities. That is the National Safety Council's goal. They were the leader for seatbelts, you know, and encouraging seatbelts before there were laws. And, you know, the National Safety Council was a leader in working with government and industry to address those deaths. And now we have about a 90% um, seatbelt rate with people using their seatbelts. And so the National Safety Council, you know, understood that there were too many lives that are lost. And so honestly, that is our mission. How do we reduce fatalities and injuries? And this is a clear example of where the National Safety Council feels it's important that we have these efforts. One thing that I'd like to take a little bit of time to talk about is the proactivity aspect of reaching zero. And I think this is part of the conversation that comes up quite often when we either have conversations with skeptics or those individuals that might be concerned as to whether or not we're going to be able to reach this, quote, ambitious goal. So I wanted to ask, how can we be proactive in stopping, in stopping fatalities and reducing them along the way? Oftentimes, 
we see in particular now for action to take place, both policy-based, engineering, and, and even behavior change, a fatality or even multiple fatalities have to occur to, quote, justify a change in action or belief. But if we want a world with zero fatalities, we're going to need to take action before the tragedy occurs. We can't wait for a crash that kills somebody to happen to take action. So how can we help move the needle to achieve this? Okay, well, to be very clear, the tragedies have already happened. The tragedies have already occurred, and the time is now, not later. We know that we have knowledge. We need to put that into play. We have so many organizations that are passionate. We have a lot of advocates. We have knowledge when it comes to engineering. We have knowledge when it comes to education. We have knowledge when it comes to enforcement. We need good laws. We need to ensure that those laws are enforced. We need to make sure that people have the education they need so that they understand why um, roadway rules are important. We also need to make sure that our vulnerable road users, which is our bicycles and our pedestrians, we need to make sure that everybody understands their responsibility and we all need to work together. But to be very clear, the tragedies have already occurred in our country. And a lot of people are already led to make change happen. So we have the ability to do it. And it's each one of our responsibilities to determine that every life matters in our country. And so with that in mind, to, to play sort of devil's advocate, why have we not reached zero already? This has been occurring for decades. Why is this a new initiative? Because it made sense that it should, it should have happened a while ago, right? Well, I don't know that it's a new initiative. I think that it's just more of a cohesive initiative. I think we've always had really great initiatives, whether it's been impaired driving or whether it's been seatbelts, occupant protection, or, you know, a variety of different things, speeding, right? We had these different campaigns. I think now it's a cohesive solution on how we work together to address all of our roadway safety issues and all of the risk factors that are causing our injuries and our fatalities. I think it's a much better approach that everyone has decided that each one of these um, roadway concerns are a part of the solution that we need to address. So I think instead of dismantling it like a puzzle piece, let's put it all together and work all of it cohesively. Right. I agree. Now, you mentioned a little bit about pedestrian safety, pedestrian and bicyclist fatality numbers and pedestrian safety at that. The Governor's Highway Safety Association just released a report showing that in 2019, the U.S. had the highest number of pedestrian fatalities in more than three decades. What needs to change to reverse this trend, both in terms of things we've been doing as a safety community that haven't been working and in terms of potential opportunities for game-changing new approaches or technologies? Well, what we know is that we've got more walkers. You know, we've got more walkers walking than we've had in the past, okay? We also know that we have more distractions. We have walkers who are distracted. We have drivers who are distracted. We also know that impairment is playing a factor. The GHSA report that you're referencing, it indicated that the behaviors that we're seeing are speeding, distracted drives, excuse me, distracted and drowsy driving, which pose a risk to pedestrians, and also alcohol impairment by the driver as well as the pedestrian was reported in about half of these crashes. So we know that these are all the same things when we talk about our roadway and the same areas that we're wanting to address. We just have to think about our vulnerable road users, which are walkers, 
our bicyclists and make sure that we start looking at like like you mentioned a minute ago about engineering the education and the enforcement but you know some simple things can be like an intersection or can they clearly see the intersections right sometimes i've seen some places that are putting some wonderful stop signs that are lit up to make that more visible so there's a lot of different things that can be done but also as we mentioned you know um fatigue driving working with employers so that they understand fatigue and you know the workplace and how that may affect um, their employees so I think there's a lot of things and there's a lot of work that we can already do to work in these areas. And you're absolutely right. We, we have seen these numbers go up. And I'm sure that all of the things that are indicated by this report are absolutely 100% true. But it gives us a great guideline to can, can continue working on the work we're doing in these areas. Absolutely. And the Road to Zero Coalition, Road to Zero Movement, focuses on urban and rural environments. And the Roadway Safety Foundation is particularly interested in the rural environment, at least with regards to safety and the infrastructure changes and even behavior changes we can make for those communities that are not urban. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, roughly one in five Americans live in rural areas, yet roughly half of traffic fatalities are occurring on rural roads. Moreover, fatality rates on rural highways have consistently been roughly double that of urban fatality rates for several years. What can Road to Zero and its stakeholders and partners do to make sure we aren't neglecting this massive piece of the puzzle and make improvements to rural areas which may lack many of the advanced safety features and designs we find elsewhere. You know, this is where we really have to look at every area and make sure that when we talk about education, enforcement, and engineering, that we're definitely doing it for the area that we're working in. We know that there's a lot of groups that will work together cohesively in a, in a rural area and identify risks. For example, there's areas that have had in the energy sector um, that will come together and realize that they need to put shoulders on or, you know, private industry is working with government to make sure that they've, you know, added proper stop signs or working to educate the people that are working in that area. Or if we know that there's schools that have new drivers and maybe they're not running their trucks during the times when schools beginning and ending. We know that there's initiatives like that to address those areas. We also know that response time in those rural areas is challenging. And so we also know that a lot of times getting assistance for somebody who's been in a crash, that response time is critical. And I can tell you down in the Permian area in Texas, where there's an oil, you know, an energy sector, they knew that that was an issue. And this coalition worked really hard to provide rescue and response equipment to, you know, first responders down in that area because they knew they have, you know, a large number of people working in this area and they knew that was a risk. So that's where people are coming together to make a difference. We also know that law enforcement is learning about stop the bleed. We know that people are learning about that. So if our response time is a little bit slower because it's a rural area, what else can we do to help make that happen, right? We know that that's a part of the problem and that's been identified. So I think when we start talking about it, I think you cannot have a one size fits all approach because urban is gonna be different than rural. And you have to make sure that when we talk and we're educating our youth that are driving in these rural areas, it will be different because we are talking about gravel roads, right? And so we want to make sure that we're talking about these different risks in each of these areas appropriately. And so 
we're, we're coming to the end of our podcast episode, unfortunately. And I wanted to ask one final question. I think it connects to everything we talked about today, both distracted driving awareness and education, as well as the road to zero movement. And that last question is, from your perspective, Lisa, what does the future look like for road safety and infrastructure with zero transportation fatalities as our goal? What needs to happen going forward? Well, absolutely more needs to be done. We can't stop. We have forward motion going right now. The Road to Zero Coalition and all of the other national organizations, as well as, you know, at the, the local, the state and the national level, everybody has a mission right now. We all need to embrace that mission and we all need to be a part of the solution. Honestly, it's not going to be, you know, one group that makes a difference. It's going to be each one of us deciding that, you know what, one fatality is too much and that we're tired of the fatalities. And I think everybody working together is going to continue that forward motion. And I know that the National Safety Council feels very strongly that we can reach zero. And I believe we can. Awesome. And I agree. And Lisa, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to have a conversation with me on our Road Safety at Rush Hour podcast and for providing all your insights into distracted driving prevention and the Road to Zero movement and how we can move towards that goal and achieve that goal of zero transportation fatalities. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much for having me. And I greatly appreciate that you use your time to make a difference. Thank you. So in closing, on behalf of the Roadway Safety Foundation, I would like to thank everyone for tuning in to this episode of our podcast series, Road Safety at Rush Hour. If you enjoyed the podcast and want to hear more, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter at the Roadway Safety Foundation and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast network. As always, this is Brian Delaney signing off, wishing you safe travels all day and every day. Yeah.